Good morning, we're so glad that you're here with us today. If you don't know who we are, my name is Sarah and this is Micah and we're the lead pastors at the Vine Church in Kennewick, Washington. So thank you for joining us here in our living room and thank you for inviting us into yours today. Absolutely. Hey, as we got started this morning, there's been uh, quite a bit of news recently related to the pandemic and to church. And so I just wanted to briefly mention, uh, we as a world are still in the middle of a global pandemic. And in this season, we have questions and I'm sure uh, many of us have fears. Um, as followers of Jesus, we won't be overwhelmed by fear. Um, but we will take precautions as we consider uh, what it looks like to keep each other safe and to care um, intentionally for our community in this season. You might have seen in the national news that churches have been deemed as essential businesses, and we don't know exactly what this means yet for Washington State or specifically for Benton and Franklin counties, so we don't know precisely what's going to happen in the future, but I do want to say that as long as our schools and our sporting events and our large gatherings are closed in other capacities, uh, we will very cautiously consider what it looks like to gather in groups. I am looking forward very much to phase two uh, when we have opportunity mm -hmm. to gather in, in small groups mm -hmm. and see each other face to face. For now, we're going to continue our live streams on Sunday mornings and our weekly gatherings uh, on Zoom and uh, in online capacities. Uh, I also want to mention one other exciting development that's coming here uh, this week, uh, beginning on Tuesday, and we'll be rolling out weekly from there on. Uh, Jamie Jones has been working on a podcast, and it's going to be an incredible way to get to know each other, um, to hear from each other, and we're looking forward to it very much. So be watching on Tuesday as um, as the first podcast episode comes out and continue to watch as we roll more out. Thanks for working on that, Jamie. We're excited. We're really excited about that. So today we're going to continue in our series, The Words of Jesus. We've been looking at the words of Jesus and asking, you know, how does this relate to us right here, right now? And so today we're going to be looking at the stories of Jesus calling his first disciples. And today we're going to focus on Jesus saying, follow me. Those are the words of Jesus we're going to focus on. Follow me. And then next week, we're going to talk about what does it look like to be sent by Jesus. Micah, I'm curious, have you ever um, either had to follow or been followed by someone? Yeah, so um, one summer during college, I worked at a church in Houston. And uh, you Can know, I just I, say that's a great intro when you start with one summer during college? It's mm -hmm. going to be a good story. Yeah, that was <laughs> a fun one. Uh, I'm not telling the really good stories. This is just <laughs> one that has to do with following. Um, so uh, my parents came to visit me there, and I was living in just this ghetto apartment uh, full of pet cockroaches, and it was just a glorious place. And um, so my parents come to follow, and I had met them outside of town, um, and they were following me in uh, to the church in the apartment that I was staying at. And I was in a 15-passenger van, you know, like churches like to own, and I was driving in big city traffic on these massive interstates <laughs> that circle Houston. And uh, so I told my dad, just follow me. And so <laughs> he did. And uh, I, I just got caught up, you know, traffic is busy in Houston, 
Uh, but it seems like there's always just enough of a gap in the next lane to, to pick enough. up a little <laughs> bit of space and a little bit of time. And so I was weaving in and out of traffic uh, in our 50, in the 15 passenger van, uh, watching my dad in the rearview mirror, uh, who was making similar moves uh, mm -hmm. to keep up and follow me through town. And I was driving, really enjoying this moment, imagining he was having the same experience. Uh, I was quite wrong. When we got out of the vehicles at that place, uh, he did not enjoy that following experience. We can probably all imagine what that conversation uh, was like at that moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, as a parent, I've asked my kiddos to follow me a number of times, quite, quite often, especially when they were really young. I remember um, when we had Alyssa and she was less than a year old, she was crawling and she was learning how to walk. I remember I went to a uh, Ready for Kindergarten program and they gave me this toy and we still have it. Look how cute cute that is. Mm. It's, a, it's a little elephant. And I remember sitting with her for hours and she would crawl over to me and I would show her how to play with this toy. And I remember at first all she could do was hit it and then she learned how to turn turn it. That was really exciting. Mm. And then the hardest part was teaching her how to match the shapes to the holes and put it, put, you know, put, push them through. And I remember the different phases that she went through. And finally, she learned to play with that. She enjoyed it. And then she grew out of that. And more recently, as we've had people over before the shelter in place, as we've had people over, it was Alyssa who put out the blanket and set the little kiddos down and would show them how to play with this toy. Mm -hmm. I think as a parent, part of being a parent is, is inviting your kids to follow you and to learn from you. So today, Jesus begins his ministry at some 30 years old, and he's playing the role of a rabbi in Israelite culture, and we'll talk a little bit more about what that means in a minute, but he begins inviting people to follow him uh, mm -hmm. to be his disciples. It goes like this. Uh, the story is found in all four of the gospel accounts. Um, but in Matthew chapter 4, uh, Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two brothers, uh, Peter and Andrew, and they were casting their nets out into the lake because they were fishermen. And he said to them, come and follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets, and they began to follow Jesus. And he went on from there. Two other brothers were fishing, James and John, and they were out with their father, Zebedee. And um, they were preparing their nets to go fishing. And Jesus called them and said, come and follow me. And immediately they left the boat and their father, and they began to follow Jesus. There's another story in Matthew 9, in which Jesus is walking down the road and he passes by a tax collector's booth. And Matthew, also called Levi, is sitting in the tax collector booth collecting taxes. And Jesus stops in front of Matthew. And again, the same words, he says, follow me. And Matthew gets up and follows Jesus. In fact, later that day, Matthew invites Jesus over to his house and he invites all his friends and colleagues over to sit and have a meal with Jesus and his disciples. You know, sometimes familiarity creates kind of lethargy or whatever, um, and we don't think as deeply about some of the uh, obvious questions we might should be asking in this text. For instance, why in the world would these men drop everything, their careers, mm. 
walk away from the lives they've known and the family that they love to follow this man, Jesus? And a lot of the answer has to do with Jesus operating as a rabbi. Now, in the first century in Israel, a rabbi was a revered person and position in their society. Um, to be invited by a rabbi to be their disciple was highly sought after, and very few were qualified for such a task. They would begin school at a young age, memorizing the first five books of the Bible. It's called the Torah. Um, and some students would make it that far. Uh, not all of them. At some point, students begin dropping out and going back to their families and uh, learning the family business mm-hmm. to carry on after their parents. Uh, but the most elite of students would go on to eventually memorize all of the Old Testament texts, uh, could then begin to apply to be uh, a disciple to follow a rabbi. And so Jesus at 30 years old, uh, operating as a rabbi, goes not to the uh, educational institutions. He doesn't go to the synagogues mm-hmm. looking for the elite students to be his followers. Instead, he goes out to the sea mm-hmm. and he finds fishermen, people that clearly didn't make the cut in the educational system and are now just working mm-hmm. with their parents and in their family businesses. And he says, come and follow me. And I can only imagine like the honor that he is bestowing on ordinary people in his culture, inviting them, come and be my disciple. Mm -hmm. Come and follow me and I'll teach you a new way. And this invitation to follow Jesus is an invitation to belong to a community, to belong to a community that's focused around Jesus centered on him, to travel together, to work together, to heal together, um, to teach together. And I can't help but wonder and think that if it was anyone else starting this movement, anyone else other than Jesus, that they would have chosen people who were known to work well together, people who um, were like-minded, people who had similar goals or who had proven themselves to be highly capable. But this isn't the direction that Jesus takes. Jesus invites all kinds of people to join him. Like Micah said, the fishermen who were ordinary people, who weren't the elite, they were probably a little rough around the edges. Jesus invites the fishermen. He also invites uh, the tax collectors. He invites um, Levi, who is considered to be a Jewish trader and uh, who is often the tax collectors were corrupt. He invites him. He invites Simon the Zealot, who was a part of a, revol- a revolutionary group who was opposing Rome, who fought against Rome. People who had very different political views, who had very different education. And it, it strikes me that there is no prerequisite for being a part mm-hmm. of this community. There's plenty of room for differences. So Jesus begins inviting these men, come and be my disciple, Mm -hmm. come and follow me. And there's multiple purposes in his call and his invitation. But the first was to know him, Mm -hmm. 
that they would know him in ways that others did not. He invited them to walk with them. In fact, there was a, a saying in the first century, um, it was a statement of blessing towards someone as you're greeting them or uh, sending them off. And they would say, uh, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. And what this statement of blessing meant was, may you have the experience of walking with and knowing your rabbi. And so they came to know Jesus as he would heal people, as they would walk from town to town. He would see a vineyard and he would say, look, the kingdom of heaven is kind of like this. And he would begin to teach them. Uh, he would say to them, uh, I'm the vine as he looked at this vineyard and you are the branches. Remain in me and you can bear good fruit. So they came to know Jesus in ways like no one else had the opportunity to. Mm -hmm. Jesus' invitation to follow him was also an invitation to learn from him. Uh, to, Jesus taught his disciples through his example. As, as they walked with him, they were watching him. I remember as a kid watching my mom make her famous spaghetti sauce. And my mom learned to cook in Italy. And so she would often start the spaghetti sauce early and just let it simmer on the stove. And I remember, I mean, so many times, one of my earliest memories is just watching her. I, I always watched her make the spaghetti sauce. And by the time I was nine or 10, um, having never seen a recipe, I could make that spaghetti sauce just mm -hmm. because I had watched her so many times. Jesus also taught his disciples through through words. They listened to his teachings and he would pull them aside and he would explain things to them. Um, we talked about him teaching them how to pray and, and talking about how we love our neighbor. And Jesus also taught his disciples through hands-on experiences. One of my favorite stories is found in John 6 where Jesus feeds uh, this huge crowd. There's 5,000 men, many more women and children, and he sets it up as a learning experience. He he asks them, so how are we going to feed all these people? And, and you can hear them stumbling over their answer. Right. Like, we can't, we can't feed all these people. And step by step, Jesus says, well, let's, you go tell them to sit down and then bring me the fish and the bread. And then here, I'm going to start breaking the bread. I want you to start distributing it. And then after everyone's finished eating, uh, you know, I go collect all those leftovers from from the food that you said we didn't have enough of. Jesus taught his disciples through his example, through his words and through hands on experience. So in this text today, uh, Jesus begins inviting ordinary people mm -hmm. towards an extraordinary mission and purpose in life, a whole new way of being. Mm -hmm. And that invitation extends to us today. Um, uh, years ago, uh, I had a friend, he was a church member, they, they've moved away since, um, but he was a self-professed um, atheist follower of Jesus. It doesn't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, uh, um, but he, he really struggled with faith. He really struggled to, to dig in and believe. He had a lot of questions, which I thought was a beautiful thing. So mm -hmm. weekly we would get together and meet and talk. And uh, one day as he was laying out just an incredible argument for why he shouldn't believe, why he uh, shouldn't have faith, um, I said, so why are we sitting here now? And why, why do you participate in church? Tell, tell me your reasoning. And he said, it's the way of Jesus. I want to see more of Jesus in the world around me. 
Uh, I want mm-hmm. to see the kingdom that he describes uh, more readily in the world around me here today. I want I want to live more like Jesus, yes. and um, and this is the invitation today that I hear from the text that that we get to make this decision that we are asked this question. Jesus is saying, "Hey, will you follow me?" Will you learn from me? Will you participate in the things that I'm doing? Will you walk with me in this life? And we're offered that invitation today. We're asked, will you follow? And if we choose to follow Jesus, I want to ask the question, what does it look like? What does it look like to accept this invitation? And I think one thing is that we get to belong to a community. Uh, a community of belonging, a community that is Jesus-centered, a community of people walking together, um, asking questions and figuring out what it looks like and encouraging each other. Um, it's it's an invitation into community. And in this season of shelter in place, we've really been reminded that it's really not about the church building. It's about a community of people, of relationships, Um, people following Jesus together. And it also looks like living a life like Jesus's life. And Jesus's life was marked by love. It was marked by freedom. And we are invited into that kind of a life, a life marked by love and freedom. And we're going to talk more about what that looks like next week. So I wonder today, as we consider this invitation, um, will we follow Jesus what he might be speaking to any one of us in in your house, in your living room today, as you reflect upon Jesus and his invitation, uh, what might be, he be calling us to do differently? What might be he, what might he be inviting us into in the week to come? Let's pray over that. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much for your invitation, Lord, for how you love us and how you have invited us to follow you, regardless of background, regardless of of any um, prerequisites, Lord, that you invite us all to follow you and to experience your love and your freedom. And so, God, today I pray in my life and I pray for, for all of us listening and praying together today, Lord, that you would teach us what it looks like to follow you. Teach us what it looks like to live a life like yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I found this new song this week, and each week we're pitching a song that we can kind of worship with and consider, reflect on together. It's by Hillsong, a band that I know that many of us know fairly well. I didn't know this song yet. We've we've not done Mm -hmm. it together as a church yet, Uh, but it's called One Thing. And I'd encourage you to listen to it. Um, It is spot on as it comes to this message of following Jesus, learning from him, walking with him. Uh, One of the lines in there that I love, kind of in a bridge section, they say, uh, nothing but to know you and to be with you, my God. And and that's the invitation of the text today. Today, as we reflect on the words of Jesus, the witness of those that walked with him, as the Holy Spirit stirs in our hearts this invitation to follow Jesus. It's He's that one thing that we're invited to know and experience in life. I love that. Thank you for joining us today, friends. Have a great week. Bye.